I come before you. And Jesus, I just want to thank you so much that we can still all gather. I thank you so much that we have a place together and that we can just all get together like this. I just pray that you bless our time together, that you bless every word that comes out of uh, John's mouth, that he would just speak through you and with you. And I just pray that everyone would be um, encouraged and excited and just ready and like wanting to do more for you and to just do your work and spread your word. My favorite in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Cool. Well, this is a. Uh... Uh, something I, I don't know why, but I waited till now to talk about. Uh, it's about faith. How to have faith? What is faith? What did Jesus say? All that kind of stuff. So, it's gonna be a lot of scriptures today too, which is great because this is a Bible study. Um, could I get a couple people? Uh, one person to go to Galatians five six, and another person. Go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. And whoever has the Galatians 5.6 can read that out first. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. So what is important is faith expressing itself in love. You can have faith without love. But what's important is having love. So like that's like the whole thing of faith. If we have faith for something and we don't have love, what does it say in First Corinthians 13? It says, if you don't have love, it says you're a useless nobody, no good for nothing. So you can have all the faith in the world. You can believe that every mountain, go cast in the sea if you say, go do it and it does it. And Jesus like, that's worthless. Like that's... So that's the first thing I want to say, or what Jesus is saying. <laughs> What's important is faith expresses itself in love. Does someone have that Hebrews eleven one? Yeah. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the Evidence of things we cannot see. Just one. Yeah. What's that first one? Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. So if we have faith for something, that is, it becomes a reality. Okay? It's a reality. If I believe in Whatever, if I believe that I can pray for this person and they'll raise from the dead. If I have faith, that's my reality. That's I believe, that's now, that's what will happen. It's assurance, right? Okay, can I just say something between yep, here? Yep. That I thought I didn't, I'm not sure, but, but anyway, since this year, um, we've been uh, listening, we've always been listening to these two preachers on TV. And uh, last night, for some reason, I couldn't sleep. This guy couldn't sleep. I don't know what his problem was, but mine was in the base. Um, Jesus was talking to me. And uh, not that I didn't have faith, I guess. Well, I don't know what I should say, but anyways. He showed me very clear that um, 
you have to have faith because I've been praying. I want to speak in tongues. I want to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, and he was speaking to me, or I don't know, speaking to me, but anyways, it, it came to me that uh, you just, you have to practice. Just do it because he has given it to me that mm -hmm. I can speak in tongues. And uh, I was laying in bed and I was praying for um, um, Jake's brother and his wife. And I was speaking in tongues. So. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So good. And I was telling myself, hmm, I wonder if this is what it is. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, does this mean something to God? But this preacher was talking during this week about that. And he said, at first, you you just gonna think you just babbled something like little kids do, and really that's the honest too. But he says in God, only only God knows. Like not only, but anyways, God knows, yeah, what you're saying or what you're meaning, what your heart is talking about. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And the night before, I did um. I woke up at four o'clock and there was a cross in my window. And I got up and what? I was half asleep and I was looking, is that a shadow from outside? But nope, there was no shadow. That was a cross, somebody was hanging on it and uh, he had tilted, or he, I, I don't know, he or she or whatever, had tilted the head like to the side just as clear as as day. Mm. So that was another thing. That's all my tingle. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. It talks about just going off what you're saying, like speaking in tongues. Like that's uh, that's your spirit speaking to yeah to God, who is spirit, right? So spirit can understand spirit. Flesh can't understand spirit. True. You know. It says that clearly in the day in the Bible. You can't understand what you're saying or what other people are saying, but it's for God. And it edifies yourself. It makes your that is for you to communicate with God, but your spirit lifts yourself up as well. That's why tongues is so amazing. Like you don't know what you're saying. You it says what you can express with your language, you're expressing through the spirit. And that empowers you. Totally. It is that is the empowerment. Like yeah. And today you had a text, sorry, today you had a text from Mary, Uncle John's daughter, yeah. saying that um, um, Mom was much better. They transferred her back to Limington Lim Hospital. She was in Sornia. And uh, she said that she could speak a little bit, but now they're teaching her how to eat again. And uh, it seems like she's a a little confused yet, but way better. So that was so awesome. What are you gonna say? Um, I'm just gonna read that Hebrews eleven one in the Amplified as well. It says, "Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation 
the title deed. You know, if you have a, a t if you own a house, you have a deed, and a deed is just if you have that piece of paper, you own the house. Your name's not even on it. The owner's name is not on that. On that, if you own that, if you have that, you have the deed to to the house that you own. Like you have it. Either you have it in your filing cabinet somewhere or you have it at your accountants or at your lawyers, wherever it is. But that is yours. It's so crazy. If I want to buy a house, it's, it's that simple. That's that's why God's saying it like that. Because like, it's a confirmation. It's a title deed. If you got faith, you got it. It's yours. So faith is now. Right away. If you have faith, you have it. It's not hope for the future. Faith is now. Right now. Okay. Uh, so now, it says now faith. I, I love that how it says that. Now faith. So like faith, it's now. Is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So what you can't sense, what you can't see, what you can't hear, what you can't smell, faith says that's real doesn't matter if i can't see it is god real we can't see him we can't smell him we can't touch him but we believe that he's there and that's why we live our lives the way we live our lives right that's proof that we have faith that god is real because the way that we live right so faith is now and i got a question how do you get faith does anyone, anyone have any want to throw something out there how do you get faith you don't have faith and you want to get it. By hearing, by reading the word. <laughs> one to say the same thing, by hearing the word. Exactly. Reading, yeah. It's in Romans 10:17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, in hearing by the word of God. Mm. It's not just hearing the news or hearing some guy. It's about hearing the word of God. Mm -hmm. That's how you get faith. And it's not by reading. Faith doesn't come by reading. That's not what it says. Faith comes by hearing. So a cool thing to do, if you don't do it already, if, you, if you're reading the Bible, read out loud. Or read it softly to yourself. So you can hear. It's not that reading has no effect. It does. But it's just making a point here. Faith comes by the Word, which is Jesus, the Word of God. That's how you can believe. What? So like, yeah, that is... It's awesome. Um, <clears throat> and what? another question. What do you have to do, like you have to do it 100% of the time, to please God? Love. That's, that's a good one, yeah. Read that's the true. word. Yeah, that's good. It's not what I'm looking for, but those are all true. Have faith. There you go. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> it says in Hebrews 11.6, and it is impossible to please God without faith. True. Any, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That's pretty cool, eh? So it's impossible to please God without faith. So if you don't know what faith is, we can't, we're we're not like we might be pleasing God because we have faith, but we don't know what it is, right? 
And you know where to get it now. You get it from the word and you know how to get it. Get it by hearing, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and in the last part of that, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. That's the first thing. And that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Why do you think he put that in there? You must believe that he rewards you if you are diligent and you are sincere in your heart. You really want to find him. Why do you think he put that in there? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Totally right answer. Just like if you had a good dad. (laughs) If you have a good dad or a good mom. They want to give you stuff. They don't... Like... They want to bless you. They want to reward you. They want... When you're a baby... When you do... When you have a new... You learn a new thing. You learn how to crawl. You learn how to... Eat or walk or talk or whatever. It's like you... You're so excited and you get... Yeah, they whatever. You always want to reward... Your kids. Like that's what a good dad does. And God is our father... And he's a, such a good dad. And he wants to reward us. And like that's not my idea. That's not. Like God wants to give us stuff. Not just stuff. More than stuff. Like I was talking to dad the other day. We were in the truck talking. I forget we were going. Going to town somewhere. And I'm like. Me and Steph have been talking lots. Like how to raise our, our baby. And. I'm like, I don't necessarily want to give my kids everything I never had. I want to give them everything I never knew. I want to give them knowledge. I want to give them Jesus. I want to give them a way of living that is not selfish, that is totally selfless. Like, if I can do that to the best of my ability, that's my, I'm doing everything that I can. We don't necessarily need lots of, lots of stuff, or kids don't need lots of toys or, or money or whatever. But what they do need is how to, how to live a life, like God says they can, right? So yeah. Must believe that God exists, and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him out. If you look for God and you keep looking for God, things are just gonna happen. It's just going to happen. Not from you striving after those things. Like, let's say, I need, I want a house. Or I have a bunch of debt and I want to pay that off. I'm not going to search after uh, or make my highest goal to get that house or to get out of debt. What we should do is make our highest goal searching after God. He will reward us. He will... Like, our life is, like, I think I said this last week, like, like, Jesus did not die on the cross so we could have a better life circumstantially, so our circumstances are better. He made it, he died and rose again so that in any of our circumstances, good or bad, we remain the same. We're still good, we're still loving, we're still in peace, we're still in joy, we still have faith, we're not anxious or upset or angry or fearful or any of that stuff, like. That's the rewards that the Holy Spirit can give us. In the midst of the hardest time, we can be like Jesus. Jesus' hardest day, he died for everybody. He got beat to death. 
Still, one of his last words is, forgive them, God, they don't know what they're doing. It's people spitting on them, stabbing them with thorns, whipping them to death. He was just thinking about everyone else. That's our example there. That's so good. Okay, I want to read through uh, Matthew 17, 14 to 20. I'm sure everyone has heard this story. If not, you'll hear it now. It's it's called the mustard seed. All right. Sorry, Matthew. 17, 14 to 20. It's in the NLT version. It says, At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out the demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here into there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. What do you guys get out of that verse? What sticks out to you in that verse? Anything? So did the disciples have any faith whatsoever? No. And what's the proof of that? That they had no faith? Couldn't cast out the demon. They couldn't cast out a demon. Jesus saying you need this much, like that tiny bit. And you you didn't even have that. That is uh Yeah, oh sorry, I'll get into that again, but isn't that what we ask Jesus sometimes? If it's uh, it's about healing or whatever it is, disciples ask Jesus, like, why couldn't we do it? You gave us the authority. You gave us the power, and we couldn't do it. Said so you didn't have any faith. That's why you couldn't do it. So what is, according to this, what Jesus is saying in this verse, what is the evidence of having faith? When when what you pray for happens, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so do you need? Thank you. So when you pray for something and it doesn't happen, do we have faith? Not according to that, right? <laughs> It's not my sermon. This is Jesus. That's what he said. Okay, I'm just going to read this uh, next one to you. This is Matthew 21, 18. Uh, it's a, in the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was, ang- or he was hungry <laughs> and noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. 
Sorry, this is Matthew twenty one eighteen. Uh, there were only leaves. Then he said, said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when he saw when they saw this and asked, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, You may be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. When you pray and pray and you say, I believe and nothing happens. You don't actually believe. I don't actually believe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we're going to go through. There's lots to go through to unravel this. So like, I'm... I would encourage you not to say, I believe if your circumstance didn't change. Okay? Or what we're saying, without saying it, is I did my part and God didn't fulfill his part. God didn't come through. Or you, we're saying, God's not faithful. I'm faithful. I did what you said. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed hard and I prayed. And I got everyone else to pray. The whole church prayed. And that guy still died. We had faith. You can't say I didn't faith. I did this and I did that. Well, according to what Jesus said, we didn't have any faith. Something was not right. We did all this stuff. We tried to do this stuff. We tried to do what God wanted. Our hearts were good. We loved that person. And we want to pray, but it didn't happen. That could be very frustrating, right? Um... I just want to read this one other verse, Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. This is what Dad was saying before. So keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. So like this is what I what I see from people that from Christians that actually go and pray for people to try to see healing and stuff. Um, they go to someone they physically see like I got a broken arm. Okay, oh can I come, can I pray for you? God can heal your arm. Okay, and you you pray, you heal in Jesus' name, and and then say okay thanks, and then they walk away. Either that or, like, or the, or they they pray, and nothing happens physically, and then they say, oh, "Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'll pray for you at home or whatever," you know. But what I see time and time again is when that stuff happens. Sometimes it's it's right away. Sometimes it's like, "Okay, let me pray for you again." How's it feel? Move around. Let, let's see. No? Okay, let's pray again. No? Okay, let's, let's pray again. Let's pray again. Let's pray again. Let's pray again. If you knock, the door will be open. If you ask, you will receive. We sometimes, like, it's a thing in Western culture where it's like our time is more valuable. I have other things to do right now. This is like taking up my time. That's not what we're saying. 
or even thinking, but subconsciously, like, I got places to be, you know, like, it's just interrupting my day. That's what we, like, we don't say it, but that's how it is. If if you ever go to, like, a, a third world nation or something, like Africa or PNG or Thailand or something, something like that, not Thailand so much, but you go there and you want to talk to someone on the street, they'll sit there all day with you, all day. What's important to that culture and those people is time with people. They won't go into work. They won't do whatever. Like we went to, oh, I forget where it was. I think it was in Africa. It wasn't deep. We just set up a little speaker there and played some music. And all of a sudden we got like 500 people there. Just on the street. Somewhere in the street. Like people stopped everything, stopped working, whatever. Just to see what's going on. And we had this whole dramas and skits and preaches and testimonies and everything there for, I don't know how long it was, maybe maybe 40 minutes, maybe an hour, something like that, I don't know. Like, he was just, in the middle of the day, like, what was important is what's happening here right now. Like, that, that culture, I just love that culture, because that's, I feel like would be the same thing in in this time that Jesus is talking to you, like, if you seek, you'll find. If you knock the door, if you keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, then you'll find. Yeah. So what's the evidence of faith? According to what we just read, it's that, that whatever you're praying for happens. Right? And how do we get faith? By hearing and hearing the word of God. And how does faith have to be expressed? It's the first thing we read. Through love. Right? And faith is now. It's the assurance. It's the confirmation of what we can't see. Okay? Um, I just think all the time if uh, if I was praying for someone or something, whatever it was, whatever it was, for a person or for yourself or whatever, if Jesus did that, if he prayed that prayer or asked God or prayed for someone, if Jesus touched that situation, it would change 100% of the time. Like Jesus always had faith. He was always in love. It's that everyone in the Bible that he prayed for got healed. Everyone. There's not one place where it says he prayed for someone that didn't get healed. Like It says all were healed all the time, every time Jesus did it. So if Jesus is our standard, which he is, we should never judge each other for, amongst each other. I'm not as good as that guy. I'm not as good as that girl. Or I want to be like that preacher or whatever. Like That's... What happened in Bible times too, they were like, I'm following Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Jesus. And Paul said, is Jesus divided? Should, should I go this way and that person go that way? Like, Jesus is our standard. We should not look at anyone else or model our life over, by anyone else's life. But Jesus is the only way to look, only person to look at. So his word is and needs to be in our lives 
the highest authority above everything and everything we believe. So like when we read when we read the word, when we hear the word, like that needs to be as a Christian, like the final say in everything. Right? So if the if we read the Bible and it says it's um love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? So what do what do we do? What do we do then? We love our neighbor as ourselves, right? We should. <laughs> what if you don't love yourself? Oh. Love yourself. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Love yourself first. That's true. <laughs> if you're if you hate yourself, you don't don't hate your neighbor. Okay? Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? They asked that to Jesus too. And he he shared a bunch of stuff. He 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 showed shared that uh story about the uh, the Good Samaritan. It's like there's this guy on the side of the road. He got beat up by gangsters. And then three people walked by. And and they did nothing. And they stepped over him. And like, oh, I don't want to touch him. He might get, might get uh, dirty or whatever and become unclean. So I'm not going to do that. It's a Sabbath tomorrow. Whatever excuses there was. And then there's one other guy. One of the people that they all despised. He helped that guy and paid for his room in the inn. And gave him extra money. And, and everything. And. Jesus said, who is his neighbor? He's like, oh, that guy that we all hate. Yeah, that guy that actually did something. And those priests and those people who, who just left him, that's not what God wants. You treat your neighbor as, as yourself. Your neighbor is everybody. Your neighbor is everybody. And I see this sometimes. This is a sad situation that people seem to have the right to be mad at God for not pulling through. That's so a very like real thing that happens all the time. Like we pray and we pray and we pray. We pray at, at church and you get prayer requests and praying for stuff and it just never works out. It just doesn't work out. And then people get mad at God. I've heard people talk to me, telling me in the face, like, oh, uh, I always ask a question. Like I always ask the people when I see them, like, Oh, how are how are you and God? Like, how's how's your relationship? And I've heard people say before, like, oh, we're we're not on good terms right now. They're like, I'm mad at this because this and that. Like, how do you have the right to be mad at God? It's like, because he didn't pull through. You did your part, but but God didn't do his part. Like, it, it's like big things and talking about. Like, people are praying for their for their wife or husband or kid, and they die. And they're angry at God. When they're saying they believe in God and love God. But that just shows that we've used the gospel for me, me, me. It's all about me, what I can get. Yes, you're praying because you love that person. And you want them to be healed. But if their circumstance doesn't turn out the way that you want, you can't get mad at the creator. You can't get mad at the, at the potter, you know. It says in the Bible about the, the potter and the clay. The clay has no right to say to the potter, why did you make me this way? Right? Potter makes a clay. He says you can make... He, the potter can make a pot for, for the king or he can make a garbage can of a garbage in. They all serve their purpose. They're all specifically made for what they're made for. And they both are very valuable. You need to have a garbage can. And you need to have a 
a bowl or whatever. Fancy one for your fancy guests or whatever. And so I, I see this and people, people blame God and have excuses and get angry at him. They say, I prayed. I prayed so hard. I prayed and I believed. You can't say that I didn't believe. You can't say that I didn't believe. I fasted and I prayed and I prayed hard and got everyone to pray at church and everyone prayed for a month and it never happened. I believe. Like, no, you didn't. I'm sorry. Like, so like that, that situation, I mean, like people are coveting the blessing of life over the life giver. They want what God can give me instead of wanting God. Which is a trap that we can always fall into. Like, everyone is susceptible to that. Like, especially when we start getting comfortable. Everything starts getting good. All our bills are being paid. We're saving up. We, we, we finally can get that mortgage for the house that we want. We got, we got a nice car. Babies are growing. Life is good. Life is good. And then something bad happens. Like, oh, God, why did this happen now? Give me this. Now I need this. Now I need this. Instead of, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for what I have. Right? That's what I'm thinking so many times. God gives every day. He Mm. can take away just as fast, too. But God doesn't take that away. No. But what I mean, you can... Things can be taken away from you just as yeah, fast. Yeah. yeah, it says the rain and the storms, they come to the righteous and the sinner. The same thing. Same storm. It doesn't matter if you're praying and you're praying you're the best person on earth next to Jesus. Same storm's going to hit you that's going to hit the guy that hates God and doesn't believe in God. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Like that's what people get trapped into too. So like we read, the evidence of faith is if we have faith, the mountain will move. Okay? And, and this is one of my favorite scriptures ever since I got saved. It's Matthew twenty one twenty two. It says, And whatsoever you shall ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. So that, that's everything. And whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, and really believing you will receive anything. Anything. So you can literally ask for anything. What verse did you say that was? Matthew twenty one twenty two. So that that can like that can give you great faith just knowing that scripture. You can believe for anything. Well this circumstance isn't in the Bible that I'm thinking about. Well right there it is. Anything and everything you can pray for. But it also talks about, which I believe is probably one of the most important things for a Christian, when we're talking about God or praying to God or asking for things, is our motive. Why we want that thing. Why we want it to come to pass or whatever. That is, I think that you can't go higher than your motive in God. Whatever you want, the reason that, whatever you want it, is the reason that you'll get it or you won't get it. If, you, if you're praying for... If you're praying for winning the lot of max, 50 million, God says, right there, you can have it. Isn't that what he just said? 
anything. And whatever you ask in prayer, believing, yeah. you receive. If you really have faith and believe, you'll get it. But the motive behind why. If I want that, I, I remember praying so much when I didn't even believe in Jesus. I'm praying, God, give me this, give me this. They're all bad things. Give me this girl, give me this money, give me this car, give me this circumstance so I can do whatever I want. And we need stuff. God knows we need stuff. He knows that we need money to pay for rent and food and clothes and all this stuff. But what is... But he never leaves us without it either. Never leaves though, that's for sure. Never been short on clothes, never been short on food. Well, what does God say is the first thing that we should seek after? What do you say? Seek ye first, what? And? His righteousness. Then? All the other things will be added onto you. Yeah, all the other things will be added. So, all the other things he's talking right before that is food and clothes and all this stuff. See the lilies of the field, how they're dressed and even Solomon and with all his billions of dollars never was dressed that nicely. And Seek first the kingdom of God and that's the way of living and being right with God and knowing that you're right with God and living like we're God is a king and we're in his kingdom and we're his sons and daughters. We just like close our eyes and picture that like we're in a spiritual kingdom. God who is a good God is our king and he's our dad. And Jesus is our brother, and he loves us, and we're his sons and daughters. We rule the place. King's kids can do whatever they want. And we want to be like him. So we're just giving, always selfless, loving, all the time. That's what heaven's going to be like. No one's going to be out for themselves to get a bigger house or a nicer car or whatever. No one's going to do that. That's sin, and that's going to be gone. Can you imagine how far and how quick, like, everything will advance, you know? Like, crazy. I don't know how I got on that, but... Um, well, I'm just talking about evidence of faith. So Matthew 21, 22, and whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing, you will receive. And in Mark eleven twenty four, it says, For this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you'll get it. That's Mark eleven twenty four. For this reason I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believing, no, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you'll get it. Has, ever, has anyone ever prayed... And they just thought, oh, for sure, I know this is going to happen, and it doesn't happen. Has anyone ever done that? Yeah. Oh, it's happened so many times to me. And why didn't it happen? Because I didn't have faith, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, I'm doing it, God. But I'm not doing it. I think I'm doing it. So, like... A good response, I feel like a good response to this in our heart, um, oh, where is it? 
a humble response when it doesn't go my way would be like this it would say god keep growing me because your word says there's a way there's something that i'm not getting keep growing me god keep growing me in your word faith comes by hearing the word of god so get that word of god in you keep hearing it getting it in your spirit and acting on it keep knocking keep doing it keep going it also says in, uh, in Mark 25, 11, 25, it said, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone who are holding a grudge, who you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sin too. Mm. Right after he says, Whatever you anything if you believe that you will receive will be yours yeah now it also also says uh, I forget what verse it is but uh, if husbands if we don't honor our wives it will hinder our prayers mm-hmm. prayers won't be heard yeah prayers won't be heard if we treat our wife bad God's not going to listen to us that's a powerful thing yeah <laughs> Just one little thing could ruin your whole life. You're treating your wife bad. That's crazy. It goes the same way for wives and husbands too. (laughs) 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 I do know where it is. I'll let me look for it here. We thought we had our upper hand, but so to be you too. Well, yes, we just have to. Give me one second. Eh? Proverbs eighteen twenty two. Maybe someone read that out. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. No comment. Yeah. A man who finds a wife finds treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. No, that's not the one. Oh. My bad.
Oh yeah. Uh first Peter three seven. That's what it is. It says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. That's right. But it also, uh, I know it says at one place that your prayer, oh, maybe just in a different translation. Where it says your prayers won't be answered. Yeah, well, you can check that out right now. Well, I say in the Amplified, it says, uh, in order that your prayers may not be hindered or cut off, otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. I mean, same thing. Sure How much did you need a prodi to do? Okay, no? I did. Oh, okay. I pressed this and now can't go back. Press the button. You should Um, just another thing I wanted to just wanted to touch on as well. Um, I feel like this is a big, big thing in the church, everywhere in the world. Um, have you ever felt, um, how do I say it? Like you needed to pray for someone. Like, like I have to pray for someone. Yeah. Like when someone someone tells you. Someone tells you that someone messages you or calls you or you see someone on Facebook or whatever. Urgent prayer. Pray for this person. They're in hospital. They're about to die. I get that every time I see an ambulance. I don't know why. Or like when I have these slugs. Yeah. What's the motive behind that prayer, do you think? I think it's trouble. There's a circumstance that's happening. It's in your face. It's right away. Oh, I got to pray. Pray hard. Call the church. Get everyone to pray. I don't know of any circumstances in my life where that has ever worked. Because it's in, you're praying in that circumstance because of trouble or because of fear? Because you don't want that person to die? Like, why didn't we pray for that person before? 
just every day. Thank you, God, for this person that you love them and you say that they're healed and they're loved and you're around them and you've sent angels around them to protect them and all this stuff, right? So you don't let trouble drive your prayers. I feel like that is a big thing that the church has has somehow adopted. I don't know how. And that's not faith. And people are bombarded with it all the time. All the time. Oh, do this now, do this now, do this now. Pray for this person now, pray for this person now. Settle yourself and know why am I praying? Am I praying in love? Am I loving this person? Is this inconvenient for me and do I feel that? And is that why I'm doing it? Now I'm only going to pray for a couple seconds or say something and then then go on with my day. And God says, if you, if you have faith, then it will happen. You don't need a thousand people to pray. Why do you tell anybody? If you only need this much and you can do it, why don't you just pray and say, it's done. Thank you, Lord. Instead of getting all these people in fear because they don't know faith, they're just doing this thing, this religious thing. Let's all pray for this person because praying is a good thing to do. But if you're in faith, not in faith, you're like those disciples, and all you come out with afterwards is questions. Why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? I prayed. I believed. I had faith. No, you didn't. Read the Bible. You didn't. You didn't have faith. You're afraid. You're fearful. You're bombarded by trouble and your motive is wrong and God doesn't say if you get more people to pray then it'll happen God doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible because one person can believe can pray and believe and anything can happen so true I never never thought of it that way but it's so true if you're with God you got you and God Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you got four right there. Four people. That's enough to conquer the whole world. Like, you don't need... Yeah, that's just some little thing I wrote there. I thought it was very big. And it changes everything when you pray. Like I was saying before, your motive, like why you do what you do. You don't even notice that. And people will think of you negatively if you just... If you just say, no, I'm not going to pray for that. Why? This person's going to die. Well, I'm going to settle myself, talk to God, and figure out in my heart why I'm doing what I'm doing, and then do it. You just think of Jesus. When Jesus heard that uh, Lazarus was, was dying, what did he do? Does anyone know that story? Yeah, he waited. Three days or whatever? He waited, I think it was four days, yeah. He waited, yeah, he waited days afterwards. He, he knew he was going to die. And, and the disciples are like, oh, shouldn't we go now? Like, and he said, no, Lazarus is sleeping. I was like, oh, if he's sleeping, let's go wake him up. And Jesus is talking to him. Then he talks to him plainly. He's like, he's not sleeping. He's dead. <laughs> and then he's like, was Jesus late? 
Should he have prayed earlier? He did it on purpose. To show them that the kingdom of God was in him and that he had all authority and all power and death had death had no... It doesn't mean anything to Jesus. Death isn't the end. I can just go say, get up, and you'll get up. It doesn't even matter. Just let him have a nap. Right? And everyone else is crying. And that story, is, I've got a lot of revelation on it this year, or this last year about that. It's like when Jesus gets there, what does everyone do? Mary comes running up to him. Oh, if you were here, Jesus, you would have saved my brother. And Mary comes, says the same thing. If you were here, Jesus, you would save my brother. And all these people, all the mourners and criers there, they're all like, man, if this guy can heal the blind people, surely he could have like, could have healed this guy in time. Like, everyone's saying, Jesus, it's your fault. It's your fault, God. It's your fault. I did my part. You didn't do your part. That's what they're all saying. And that's scary. That's scary to end up believing like that. In that, in that um, story, it says Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible said Jesus wept. Two words. Jesus was crying. But right before it says Jesus, Jesus wept, he says he had anger inside of him. Because... Not because Lazarus is dead. He's going in two seconds. He knows he's going to raise him up. Why was, why was he so upset? And why did he cry? Because he's seeing all these people blaming God and not trusting him and not loving him and not seeing everything that he preached to them. He said, didn't I tell you, Mary, that if you believe in me, that you follow me, that you'll see the kingdom of God. You'll see God's glory. He's like, don't you believe that? And she said, oh yeah, I believe that. I've always believed that. So on. He's like, well, no, you didn't. <laughs> but <laughs> let me show you anyways. And he goes and wakes up Lazarus. So. Yeah. I, I, I haven't, didn't write any of that down. I just felt like that's God wanted to say. So then we turn, like, if we, if we live like that, then we turn the gospel into just a method to get what we want and become discouraged and never grow intimate with God. If we don't get what we want, we just keep asking what we want and, and our motives are wrong. And then my prayer time is caught up with, like, give me this, give me this, give me that, give me that, give me this, give me that. And not like, I love you, Jesus. Thanks for being with me. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know how you're thinking. I love you. I want to spend time with you. Let's go for a walk. Let's whatever. Like just wanting to be with him. Instead of just. If I polish this magical lamp of prayer. Then all these things are going to come out. That's. That wouldn't be cool if your kids did that to you. Right? The kids just keep begging you for what you get and then they just never even talk to you or know who you are or anything. Like, that'd be sad. God wants a relationship. He loves. He wants that. Okay, could uh, we turn to James 2, verse 14? James 2, verse 14. 
going to read all the way to the bottom to the end of two. All right, James 2 verse 14 says, the NLT says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but do not show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? <laughs> you know anyone like that? Have we ever done anything like that? I'll say a prayer for you. It's the same thing. Yeah, I'll say a prayer for you. You're hungry or whatever. Give him some money. Give him some food. Like, come on. Or you see a bum on the street begging for money. First thing comes to your mind. Oh, I probably spend it on drugs or anyways. I'm not giving him any money. Love believes the best in everyone in all circumstances, all the time. Right? It's crazy how we just were taught by the world. Verse 15 says, uh, so where am I? Verse 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. So faith without doing something is useless. That's what he's saying. Now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Isn't that crazy? It is. If your Christianity is your life lived, it's not what you say. You say, I believe in Jesus. And you got hate in your heart. You got opportunities to think of like hating people or... Wanting people dead or whatever. You hate the government and you just talking bad and complaining all the time and whatever. That doesn't show that you have God. You don't have faith. Because your life doesn't show it. Uh, well, that wasn't even the end, was it? <laughs> so you see, you're shown. Uh, so you see, we are shown. To be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also, also faith is dead without good works.
What do you think about that? What stuck out to anybody about that? You've been listening to the preacher and this whole week he was going through this fate situation too. Awesome. And uh, and he was saying that, um, oh, he was saying so many things I don't remember all, but anyways, he was talking about churches too, that so many pastors, they will, uh, they will preach so that they will not offend anybody. And he says he hates that. He doesn't have enough faith to to uh, teach the truth because he will offend somebody. Mm. Because some people, if well, maybe all of them, if that, you hear the truth, it hurts. That was pretty scary what he said. How big a percentage? It's yeah. almost majority. Pastors, they won't, they, uh, in other words, I've teached in everybody to mute because they're afraid of people, what they will say or what they will do. And afraid of losing their job too. A lot of pastors, if they don't do it the way the congregation wanted, they lose their job. There's so much truth to that. I can just see it from all the churches we've been. There's so much truth to that. Well, you just think of Jesus. Yep. Did Jesus ever offend anybody? Yeah. Take that. And that's what a lot of pastors, they don't want to offend anybody. That's what this guy was saying too. He says he offends so many people sometimes. Well, when all these thousands of uh, followers, uh, people following Jesus, I don't know already exactly how he said it, but anyways, that, that um, oh yeah, they, he said that they just that. wanted, they just want to be, their belly filled and and that's it. They didn't believe in in him, mm. and uh, and so and I don't know exactly what Jesus said then, but anyways, all of these people they uh, walked away. Me and you talked about it the other day. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's where Jesus says, uh, "You're going to drink blood." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, when he says that, then. A lot of people. And those people, mm-hmm. it says, were Jesus' disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's like hundreds That's of people. True. They're all following Jesus. And then Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, what the heck? We got to be cannibals? We all got to take bites all the time or what? They didn't understand. And it says that they were offended and they walked away. And then he asked his 12 disciples, He's like, are you offended too? Are you going to leave too? Yeah. And Peter spoke up and he said, he's like, where do we have to go? We know that you're the Christ. We know that you're who you say you are. Okay. If we got to do something that seems crazy to us, we'll do it because you're God. And obviously he didn't mean you have to eat him. 
He was talking about like remembering him mm-hmm. when he's gone. Being that that uh communion, having communion with God. Remembering what he has done. Like he was speaking in the future of him being crucified and dying and rising again. He's not talking about like eating people. I'm not sure if that's what they thought, but that's what I think when I read that. I'm like, yeah, exactly. You know, that that sounds like it, right? And yeah. Jesus, and then that's what the, they must have thought too. And Jesus didn't say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what I said, yeah, I didn't mean it this way." I uh, the pastor said, um, if a pastor would know that he offend somebody from his church, he would he would spend like. Lots of time trying to make it right. Try to talk he, through it. He and didn't want to yeah. offend anybody because to the pastor, it's all about the numbers. And he but said, like, Jesus never did that. Like, fa- yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, you can turn to Romans 14, verse 1 to 18. So this whole thing is talking about, or just think about this when we read this, people with little faith and how to respond to them, okay? It's Romans 14, 1 to 18. It says, Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. That's a very good thing to live by. For for instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God accepts them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those to eat any kind of food do it so they honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's stuff that, like, people argue about all the time. Yeah. All the time. Just that's normal stuff. Oh, he's a vegetarian. You don't have any faith to eat this meat or whatever. <laughs> or working on a Sunday. Why are you making like, feel people bad? Like, yeah. Or God is for a Sunday only. Mm-hmm. Or, God, or God, like, it's been God... Spend time with God any day I want, and I do that for God. But if they do it on Sunday too, we should not say that's bad. Sure. Say, go do it. That's awesome. Love God that day. Be fully convinced that that's what it is, and that's what it is for you. That's not wrong. You're right. You should worship God on Sunday. It's true. You can worship on every other day too, but if that's what you believe, stick to your convictions. Hmm? And verse 7 says, For we don't live for ourselves. 
or die for ourselves. Oh, that's my favorite verse I got highlighted. We're not living for me. <laughs> We're living for other people. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. If we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know and am convinced the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone whom Christ died. Someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. Thought that is a very awesome passage there to see how we should treat people who have still believe in God, but they believe different than us. But it's not wrong different, you know? It says that those who have a weaker faith, so you can obviously worship God on every day, whenever you want. But if you talk to someone, let's say my dad worships God on, on Sunday. That's that's when he worships God. That's when he spends his day with God. That's his Sabbath. That's that's what he wants to do. And I try to convince him, like, no, you should do it on this day and this day and this day too. And then he he's not convinced and he still does it. That's sin to him. And I'm not doing it in love. I'm doing it because I want him to be the way that I am. And all of a sudden, I'm not in love. That's like, I'm trying to make him do something that is, God's like, no, I approve him. He wants to do that. That's fine. And God can, like, show him to, that he can worship God anytime and anywhere as well. But if you live beyond your convictions, you're in sin. I just find that's uh, really nice to, and I heard this years ago already. But the food, some people say, oh, that's not right to eat. The next person eats it always. But if I like something really good, the next person, I know they think that's the biggest sin or whatever. I should never eat that in front of them. Don't do it there. Because yeah. I always think about it. I had a chance to eat snake meat. If they wouldn't have told me, I would have <laughs> ate it. It looked so good. But... I just couldn't do it because snake. I hate snakes. <laughs> <laughs> they scared me always when I was little. There were so many snakes in Mexico. 
And I just, I just don't need to eat snake yet. I'm not that hungry yet. Mm. Well, uh, um, Lisa, could you read uh, verse 23? Is the last verse there? Even though it is right. But if you don't believe it's right, you're sinning. Isn't that crazy? That's the definition of sin right there. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Even if it is right. I believe I should only worship God on Sunday. And I do it on Saturday too. And I'm not totally convinced. I'm sinning. I'm not convicted of it and I'm not convinced in myself like this is right this is right that's why I'm doing it I'm doing it shakily you know I think the best way is it do it day and night every day oh yeah right? <laughs> yeah there's plenty of scriptures but, uh, say that let's say you're doing something and people know that you're not doing it when you're not around them how is, or how is that? Like what? Give an example. Uh, like for my wife's head, head covering. Yeah. She believes she doesn't have to wear one. Yeah. But her sisters want her to wear one. But some of them know that she doesn't always wear it, but still want her to wear it. As wear. But so, like she she'll wear it in front of them, for, because they want her to. Yeah. But like let's say they know she doesn't wear it at home or when you hang out with other people. And they still think it's wrong, or you know what I mean? That's not on you. You're not not the one not believing. You have to be convinced in yourself that that's right. If someone else doesn't believe and is trying to put something on you, they're they're not doing this. So they're in sin. Because if you believe that it's right to do that, and someone is forcing something on you. It's their motive. So we can pray for them. That God help them to see what the word says. Help them to be set free from whatever. But that doesn't whatever. really matter. That yeah. It doesn't even matter one way or the other. You can do it or you not do it. It's your choice. You can see in the Bible where it's. Where it's. Yeah. What it says? I, when I uh, first didn't wear Mean Duke anymore, when we went to Mexico, I felt like, okay, especially our parents, they were still alive. I would do them the honor to wear it. But you know how I felt? I felt like I was a hypocrite. So, that was wrong for me. Ever since we came back, I said, I felt so bad. Not that it was bad that I was wearing it, but I just felt bad. Okay, I'm doing it to honor them. It was, it was just wrong for me. So I never wore it anymore. I still wear it. Do it when I go outside when it's really cold because I love it over my ears. But not because somebody thinks you need to wear a duke. 
Well, that's just what this last verse says, right? For you are not following your convictions. Yeah, that's true. I'll read the whole thing again. But if you have doubts about whether you are, whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning. If you go ahead and do it. So let's put it, put anything in there. Yeah. Right. So really, she wouldn't even have to wear it in front of them, even if they feel better if she does. You don't have to, but you can choose if you want to. As long as you're convicted and convinced in yourself. So for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. That yeah, well yeah. That's very cool. When Lisa stopped uh, in Mexico, they had these big cruiser mats, and yet mm-hmm. she got one too. I never liked it that much. And she was telling me one time, Oh, are you using mats? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know the name of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she looked ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and she told me her mom told her that was to honor me. I said, Wow. Then you gotta throw it away. You cannot honor me, Matt. That match because you look a whole lot better without it. Oh, I thought I looked really cute with it. Oh, I, I still know. think it looks cute on some people, Vero. Uh, uh, I had never see anything good in the match. Oh, I haven't seen mom wear one of those in a long time. <laughs> if they were over the ears, yet yeah, I could say, yeah, yeah they keep their ears warm. Were <laughs> But they're only this thick here on front. Oh, wow. I have to try mine on. Oh, you still have it? Yeah, of course. I remember you got a picture with you and Maria both wearing it. (laughs) Wearing wearing a flower dress and everything, too. Oh, Oh, yeah. You know know what Owen said? Get Steph to wear it, too. Now you're mocking. Now you're mocking us because of that. said, no, we were being funny. Really, we were. (laughs) And it was just a match anyways, right? (laughs) Um, Just get them... Everyone's got to live with their own convictions, with their own things that they believe. One thing's good for one, one thing's not good for the other. It's totally on you. Like it says what we just read, like we will all stand in front of God and and share an account of our entire life. And it says in the Bible too, like we'll be judged by every, every, uh, what does it say? Um, every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Every everything that comes out of your mouth, every word, every single word, like that's every single thought, every th- every motive in your heart, yeah. you know, and it's it's about you. It doesn't matter. The other person is not our standard. Our standard is Jesus. What does he say? Mm-hmm. Right. That's very good.
but uh, okay, uh, so move on a little bit um, to Matthew nine verse two. Okay, so I'm gonna read a couple of these scriptures here, and uh, when I read them, just just look at what Jesus sees. Okay, yes, okay. So Matthew nine two says. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. Okay? And just one other verse. This is a long one. It's Matthew 9, 5 to 13. It says, When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from here, from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turn to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you believe it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Hallelujah. What did Jesus see? The faith. And that first verse, Matthew 9, 2, says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. And then he healed him right after that. It also kind of falls into what you were just saying. Or were you about to say that? <laughs> no, go on. Please. Yeah, like how the one person believed that they had to be by Jesus, and the next person believed that he could just heal them from there. Yeah. And both ways work to Jesus. Yes, sir. That's good. I didn't see that. That's good. But yeah. That would so, be the same with us today, right? We pray in Jesus' name. Jesus is not here, but... We believe without Jesus being here. So, Jesus seen their faith. Let's see this this first one in Matthew nine two, the paralyzed man on the mat. It says seeing their feet faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, "Be encouraged, child. Your sins are forgiven." How was their faith there? Does everyone know that story? Does anyone not know that story? I can explain it. Want me to explain it a little bit? Okay. So, so there's a story. This guy is, is paralyzed. And they hear that Jesus is in town. So it says his friends, this paralyzed guy can't walk, obviously. His friends brought him to where Jesus was. And there were so many people there that uh, they couldn't get in the house. So they went on top of the roof and dug a hole in the roof and dropped him down. 
dropped him down right where Jesus was. Like, must have been 100-something people there surround him. And dropped him down right in front of him so that Jesus could heal him. Because he, everyone heard Jesus can heal people. So Jesus says, and this, some people brought him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith. He's talking about his friends. Paralyzed man couldn't do anything. He's paralyzed. He couldn't move. He's seeing his friend's faith. So their faith was, I'm doing whatever it takes to get this guy healed. I'm going through this crowd. I'm going to destroy this person's roof. I'm going to drop him down in front of God so that God can touch him. They didn't care what the consequence was. They didn't care. This is my friend. I need to see God heal him. We believe that Jesus can do it. And they did it. So Jesus is, can you imagine that? Jesus is talking to a bunch of people. All of a sudden the roof's caving in. And, and someone's getting dropped down in front of them. And like, it's just a beautiful story. You think about it, like, they couldn't get in. They couldn't get in. There's too many people wanting to listen to Jesus. And Jesus said, seeing their faith. Then he goes on, he, said, he says, your sins are forgiven. And then he, it says that he could hear what the Pharisees were thinking, saying like, he can't say that, he's not God. And then it says right there, Jesus said, but what is, oh, how did he say what it? What do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? It is easier to say your sins are forgiven or... Oh, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? Yeah, and and then it says, and to show you that I am the son of man and that, that I can do either or both. And then he says, get up, take your mat and walk. And he walked away, totally healed. So, that's that story. Jesus seen his friend's faith. That was faith. That's a picture of faith. It's not just saying something. It's doing whatever it takes. Keep on knocking. Knock the roof down. <laughs> Knock the roof down. And the guy didn't just lay there and, uh, and wait. It says, and then the man jumped up and went home. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. I'm just getting revelation of that now. Like They are just... This guy doesn't mention that guy, the paralyzed guy, if he had any faith or anything. Man. He didn't mention just his friends. His friends mm -hmm. had the faith. Yeah. Can you have faith for your friend to be healed? Apparently, you can. You can pray for someone and they'll be healed. But Jesus says that plenty of times. Mm -hmm. But they put action to their faith, mm -hmm. like we read. Faith without works is dead. Faith without good deeds is dead. You have to show faith looks like something. It's not just, I'm praying in my head, I'm not saying a word, and I'm just sitting and waiting for God to do something. It doesn't God, work that way. God, like, I'm praying in my head, give me, I need money. God, give me a wife, give me a husband, you know, whatever. You got to do something. You got to walk out there and talk to a girl, talk to a guy, get a job, do whatever, buy a lottery ticket, whatever you think. If you believe it and you're convinced of it, you just keep doing whatever. That's the bad example. I don't know, but like, 
But whatever. God says you can. Matthew but we got, we've been given choices yeah. to make our own choices. That's what I always hear from, from some people. They complain about everything. They've been given the choice the same way as anybody else. Yeah. And it's all your motive. Yeah. Your motive. Like what, why you want this. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the first scripture we said. Like faith motivated by love. That's what we should be thinking about. Okay, and in the, the next story, when we heard about this centurion, the soldier, what did Jesus, how did Jesus see his faith? What was his faith? Does anyone know? Because he was in charge of his own people, and he believed if I tell my worker to come and, and he knew well, he, he would do it. he knew that they would do it. So I think that's what he saw in him. Yeah. So, so the one thing is he, he sent someone to Jesus. He believes Jesus. Okay? And he knows who Jesus is. He believes who he is. He's like, you're, you're God. You have to be God. Because I got soldiers and stuff. And Jesus didn't have soldiers and people that do what he said. But he's talking about the spirit. You know, uh, it's like, if you... If you tell your angels to go do they just go do it. Because you're the king. He knew who he was. But he did something too. He sent, what does it say? Um, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. So, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed, in terrible pain. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come into my home. Just say the word. And it goes on. So, like, he went to where Jesus was. Mm-hmm. He sent one of his. Yeah. What verse was that? Uh, Matthew 8, 5. So his faith was, I'm not going to stand here and just do nothing. I'm going to go to wherever this guy is. Uh, who knows where it was? Maybe it's a couple miles down the road. Maybe it was a day's journey. I don't know. But it, back in then... Those days they were walking, unless they had a horse or a donkey or whatever. It was mostly walking. So yeah, Jesus sees faith, and he always calls it out when he sees it. Like that, what, that story of the woman with the issue of blood. She came and grabbed, grabbed his, uh, his, his cloak. Yeah, his cloak, his tassels on his cloak or whatever. And then it says power came from Jesus. And Jesus looked around. Who touched me? And the disciples are like, there's like hundreds of people here. Like everyone's touching you. <laughs> and Jesus is like, no, something changed. Power came from me. Right? And then this girl finally like showed herself. Oh, it's me. I'm sorry. Whatever. He's like, no, your faith has made you well. You're unclean. So in that time, like she was bleeding forever long time she couldn't stop the bleeding so she was unclean and that time you're unclean and you have to be separated from people if you touch another person they become unclean and they can't go worship and they can't give sacrifices and stuff like that it's that was a big deal and she's like I'm doing whatever it takes like that doesn't matter I'm going to God I know God can heal me I believe that Jesus can do this and she was then she must have been crawling just crawling in the in the ground, like can you imagine, and all these people's feet, and just grabs the bottom of his 
cloak. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. What you believed and were confident in and actually did something about it, that's what healed you. See, in other words, there's everywhere and everything, you got to do something about it. Yeah. Faith without works is yeah. dead. We have to do something about it. You can't it. just talk. Nope. That's the Bible says, one of my favorite verses, the... Um, <coughs> The kingdom of God is not about words, but it's about power. This kingdom that we're living in, this spiritual kingdom, it's not about just talking, it's about doing. When you get changed, when you get saved, once you are transformed into a new creation, you're a new person, all of a sudden you do new things. You think new ways, you act new ways, you, you love, you're able to love. It's not selfish anymore. I think like every single show that I see on TV, they're talking about love. Like you, you have no idea. That's not love. It's you love, and then you're out of love, and then you don't love, and then you love a different person. Like that's not love. It's all about you. It's just about you. Just selfish. It's that's that's the world, anyways. But and uh, those stories are in all the gospels. So or not all the gospels, but. That paralyzed man getting healed, that's also in Mark 2, 5, in Luke 5, 20. And the centurion is in Luke 7, 1 as well. And I think we got time. I'm just, just the last thing. Unless does, does anyone have, thinking about anything they want to talk about or saying? Anything on your heart? Okay, I'm just going to read this and I encourage you guys to read this too later. I'm just going to read all of Hebrews 1. Okay. <clears throat> so, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we can't see. Cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the day of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It is by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By this faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that came that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was living like a foreigner, living in tents. 
And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that... Like the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Uh, at verse 14, Hebrews eleven fourteen. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he was pre has prepared a city for them. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him Isaac is his son that whom his descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings from the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was older, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons, and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He cho chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, where he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who was invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through, uh, went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. When the, when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson's, Jephthah, <clears throat> David, Samuel, and the other prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. 
They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the dead, but others were tortured, refused to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed by the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. That just blows me away. So this, Hebrews 11, it's just a long list of these people in the Bible who had faith. And if you read through it, and you know the stories it is talking about, it's not just a bunch of guys talking. They all did things. They changed the whole course of their life. They believed God, and then they did something about it. <laughs> that, that just makes me think if somebody would come and tell us okay uh, your firstborn would die tonight unless you slaughter a sheep or whatever and smear that blood on your doorpost how many people would actually have that much faith that they would do that So, I love the last three verses there talking about all these people they were too good for this world oh, yeah. <laughs> wandering over deserts and mountains hiding in caves and holes in the ground these people earned a good reputation because of their faith yet none of them received all that God had promised they didn't care if they got what they prayed for they just kept knocking kept seeking kept going after God kept loving God they didn't care about the prizes even though they knew they would be rewarded for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us so God's saying (laughs) if they kept going they would have been perfect they would have kept being perfect man that's just so good and there's so so much in this I mean the one thing that's stepped out or uh, that came to me last week or the week before I was reading this and uh, it talks about Sarah. Do you remember when God God said to Abraham and Sarah, it's like, you will have a, you will have a son and his, and his name is uh, Isaac. And uh, he'll he'll be your your descendants will come from him. And they were like super old, like a hundred years old. And and when he told Abraham this, Abraham it says that Abraham laughed and said like, "How this is crazy! I'm so old." But God didn't say anything about that. And then uh, and then he said same thing to 
Well, he said it to Abraham again, and Sarah overheard it. And then she just laughed. She laughed out loud. And she's like, what the heck? I'm so old. I can't do this. And then God said right away, he's like, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. And then God says, no, you did. You laughed. He just calls out Sarah, right? He didn't call it Abraham beforehand. And everyone just remembers that story for Sarah, that she laughed and she didn't believe. Abraham didn't believe either. And then time went on. Years went by. And they didn't have, didn't have any kids. And then Sarah's like, okay, um, Abraham, you should sleep with my servant Hagar. Maybe God wants to do it that way. And Abraham's probably like, are you serious? You okay with this? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. And he's having sex with this, with this, with this slave girl. And then she gets pregnant, and and then Abraham talks to the guy. He's like, "Okay, can your blessing come through, through Ishmael, from Hagar?" And and God's like, "No." It's like you. That that's the picture of the law right there too. It's like Abraham wanted the blessing to come through his own effort instead of God's promise. <laughs> it's so deep. And and then anyways, they got they got pregnant and and. Uh, yeah, Isaac was born, and God blessed Isaac. He also blessed Ishmael, but not the same way. And so that whole time, Abraham didn't believe, or else he wouldn't have sex with Hagar. <laughs> Sarah didn't believe. She's laughing and saying, what the heck, I'm not doing this. Try it this way. Let's do it our own way. But then you come to Hebrews. This is in light of the, this is the new covenant in Jesus now. Jesus has set the world free from sin and death. And whoever believes in him is righteous, right? And it says in Hebrews 11, 11, said, It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed God. She believed God would keep his promise. Did she? Like that's a, it looks like a different person, right? Yeah. But in the light of Jesus and what he's done, God just sees the faith. He doesn't see the bad stuff. All the stuff, Abraham, Samson, all these people he's talking about, they all did horrible things. They didn't believe God. But when Jesus came, when the promise came, it says he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. He throws it into a sea called forgetfulness. He forgets on purpose. And he just sees the good stuff. That's the promise that we have. That is so cool. Samson, you know, since you're talking about Samson, I've watched the movie a few times. The way he was doing things. Man, it's yeah. awesome to watch. That brings it totally to life. Yeah. How strong that guy was because of his long hair. But it's, yeah. I just thought, like, just bringing that out now, we're talking about faith. Mm-hmm. Like, God sees your faith. You believe in Jesus? You're born again? I messed up last night. I sinned last night. God's choosing to forget that. He will never bring it up. Ever. He will look at your faith in the good that you do and the good that you think and the good that you promote. That's amazing. That's what righteousness is. You are right even though you are wrong. I was reading anyway, through yeah. 
um, Ephesians, or uh, Hebrews this week too. This brings everything, makes everything so much clearer. Yeah. Well, right, that's uh, all we got for today, but I hope that helped. Faith is such a huge topic, could go forever on it, but mm. there's a lot of good stuff in there. I would encourage you all to read that all to yourselves. Sometime Hebrews 11. It's the whole thing. And then go through it. If you go through, I know if you go through the Amplified, the Amplified Classic Version on your phone, it has references to all those stories. And you can go back and read all those stories and see what he's talking about. Then you can see how these people, they didn't have faith back here. Yeah, they said, okay, I'm trusting you, God. And it ended up happening. But along the way, they doubted and doubted and did it their own way and tried to go by the law instead of trusting God and all this stuff. Everyone. Everyone is the same. But in the New Testament, it's... All of a sudden, that don't matter anymore because Jesus came. <laughs> it's just so good. So awesome. Yeah.